welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Well, it's great fun to be here again, and uh, to those on the film, hello. My name's Ian Jeffrey, and um, I'm a former iDestiny student. I was trying to work out the year that I was here. I think it was four years ago, so we're on 2016. Um, so today really is just uh, me sort of giving you an idea of where I'm coming from in terms of what I've experienced healing-wise. And a lot of it is going to be stories, really. Um, there is going to be a few touching on some of the Bible stuff, what I've, I feel God has spoken to me. Um, funnily enough, Alan was just mentioning <laughs> just before that it is not a recipe. So in other words, it's not like baking a cake. You know, you take three eggs, add some flour, and it works every time. Actually, if it's anything like my baking skill, it probably doesn't even if you do do that. But, um, you know, what we really need to understand is where God's coming uh, from on things and what he's saying to us. Um, How does the, uh, let me just ask for some feedback. How, how do you feel about healing? The whole idea, what, 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 how does it grab you? Scared, excited? Sorry, I don't know your name. Ophelia. Good. James? Uh, I think science more instantly. I mean, I do believe in it. It's more undoubtable. <laughs> Good. Sorry, I don't know your name either. Maria. <laughs> You've rewritten that book. <laughs> And these are, you know, I think it's um, it's a process, you know. Um, you came on the iDestiny course, you were at a completely different place at the start than where you are now. And uh, and even for myself, you know, I don't feel I'm just like, you know, I've got it completely all sorted and, you know, 
I just go out there and every time I pray for somebody to get healed, that just is not the reality. However, I am learning all the time. Uh, and I think one of the things you said is pursuing it, it, it is so important. Um, one of the people that really inspired me was uh, Todd White. And I have a little video clip that I'd like to show now, um, which uh, is American. So it's super enthusiastic. Um, and I really love that about Americans because they've just got incredible amounts of enthusiasm. So just bear that in mind. It's uh, it's not to a British audience particularly, it's to an American one, but I really, I just love his passion. Um, so we'll show that now. You can stop the video at this point. I just thought we can do that. <laughs> Great. Just give me a second. It actually, it is, it's going to feel a little bit like TV because there's going to be bits when we're actually not on tape, not, you know, not doing stuff, which is quite funny. So, um, yeah, it will be a bit like TV. Do we get to do reruns? I mean, repeats. <laughs> Things don't work. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, there we are. This is a TV programme. I, 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 I think um, the, the question for me is not whether you can do healing or not. It's whether, you, it's whether you want to see it. Right. It's whether you want to see it. No, no, that was just a, that's just a little, that's a free bit. The, the guys on the video don't get that, okay? <laughs> oh dear, sorry, right, the video. Uh, And I think that's really it, actually. Now is your time. Uh, I'll just... I'll
second. Just get moving. Now is your time, guys. It really is. That's why you're here, isn't it? You know? To find out your destiny, to find out where you are in terms of you and God. Uh, and now is the time. And I think um, you see a great passion from Todd White. And um, I think, it's, it, it, to my mind, it's infectious. I know myself when I watched one of his videos and saw how he was just seeing people healed on the streets. And I was just like, this is amazing, absolutely incredible. But it's not reality in my life. And, uh, you know, I think we often look at this and we think, yeah, that, that, that's for him. That's not for me. But actually, it is. You know what I mean? We're all called to live a life like this. We're all called. We've all been given the authority, uh, uh, you know, to heal. Um, I just want to briefly go over some um, sort of key areas that have made sense to me in terms of uh, uh, healing. So if you just give me a minute while I get my notes up here. Um, uh, my Christian, personal Christian experience might have been similar to yours. I simply was not taught this. This was really, really different. This was quite radical. When I started to hear this kind of message, I'm just like, wow, I'm just going to have to throw out everything I learned, you know? And I think for me, it's a continual, oh gosh, that was wrong as well, you know? And, and how many unbeliefs are we believing? And I think that's a challenge, isn't it? You know, that's almost a prayer, isn't it? You know, hey Jesus, what am I believing that's actually wrong? You know, what do I think is a truth that is actually wrong? <laughs> it really is TV, but I'm going to go back. But anyway, that's fine. So, do you want me to go back to the beginning? Oh, right, okay. <laughs> okay. Just rewind it to the beginning. I'll do my best to say the same thing all over again, which will be a bit difficult. Now is definitely your time. And I think uh, one of the things that we really feel is that, well, that's okay for somebody else. That's all right for Todd White. He's, you know, he, he's in full-time ministry. That's not me. That's not my reality. But the fact is that we have all been given a mandate from God. We've all been given authority uh, to heal and to see the miraculous. And, yeah, I mean, I love the guy's passion. You know? And Todd White really, really influenced me in terms of um, seeing what he was doing, seeing the exciting times he's on the street. You know, some people get really bored with Christianity. Well, you know, if you're bored with Christianity, if it's boring you, man, you might not be doing it right. Yeah, you might not be doing it right because you know Christmas, Christmas, uh, Christmas. Yeah, Christian, <laughs> it's Christmas time for those watching. But you know, Christianity is extremely exciting. It is an exciting time. Yeah. There's going to be difficulties, of course there is, but it, it should be, we should be living a life of adventure. I mean, Jesus, I think uh, it's in John 10, 10, says, you know, I have come so that you may live life to its fullest. And I really feel that when we're living life to its fullest, we really are, you know, we're experiencing everything that God wants us to experience. Um, what we saw there in terms of, you know, um, this is your time and everything else, that was not my reality. That absolutely was not my reality. That was not what I was taught in church. I was taught something completely different. And for me personally, I'm having to unlearn quite a lot of stuff that I thought was a truth. And so I think a question, a prayer, a good prayer is, hey Jesus, what am I believing that's actually a lie? What, what untruths am I believing? And that's a prayer, you know, you can almost do that on a daily basis. You know? Because, you know, whether it's self-worth, 
whether, you know, I'm not good enough. Jesus maybe doesn't like me so much today. Um, you know, these kind of lies, we mustn't let into our lives. And I think it's really, really important. The truth is actually the most key fundamental thing about the whole, this is what we're trying to impart in, as part of our destiny. We're trying to impart to you the truth. The truth of what Jesus really actually said. The truth of what Christianity is all about. And once we learn what the truth is, truth is power. You know, today uh, uh, in, in society, information is power. It's not money so much now, it's information. So, you know, you, you, you read about WikiLeaks or whatever, you know, that's power because obviously that's information, information that should be secret. But here's a secret, yeah? Everyone in this room has the power to heal in Jesus' name. Everyone. No exceptions. No calling required. You just have to have a living relationship with them. Yeah. And that is something that, you know, I really want you to take home today. Um, I actually was really badly taught and I was taught in church that if somebody was sick and they weren't getting healed that was God teaching them a lesson wow <laughs> so wrong but I mean you know that might have been your experience as well well they've not been very good you know and I can see where this comes from because obviously you know we uh, see Jesus' ministry and we see that you know he'll say go and sin no more and everything else you know and it's it's like ah right so this is this has been caused by sin but the fact of the matter is, I, I, I love a loving God, and I know he loves me. Uh, John 3.16 says, for God so loved the whole world, yeah, he gave his only son to die for us, and then he gave us sickness. Well, I don't think that's in there, because it's not. A loving God does not give out sickness. We live in a fallen world. Yeah, it is not perfect. You know, we read in Genesis the fall, and basically, at that point, sin came into the world. That was, a, that was a result of what happened there. And so we live in this imperfect world, but the sickness doesn't come from God. Now, this is quite an eye-opener, really, because what it means is that God actually wants everyone to be whole. And actually, when you look at the human body as a whole, um, it, it's amazing. It's miraculous. You know, if I cut my leg, it will act well, provided I don't cut it too big, uh, you know, it will actually heal. Which is good because I love mountain biking and I'm forever cutting myself on things. Um, not intentionally, but just, you know, branches cut you or whatever. And, you know, I don't have to run to the hospital and so I just put plaster on it. You know, I'm lucky somebody kisses it better. And, you know, in a few days it's, it's healed, you know. So, you know, this is an example of what kind of God we actually have. Um, many of the problems that we see in the world today um, to do with sickness, um, some of them come from farming techniques you know we've got an issue here because we've got a lot of population in the world so we're trying to do we're almost trying to cheat so we're trying to produce crops we're trying to grow things faster and what can happen is we can produce more potatoes but they have no taste and they also have very little nutrients so some of the population in this world and there was a recent study I think it was on cancer was showing that actually cancer can sometimes be caused by a bad diet and by you not eating the right things. And there's a lot of chemicals used as well to boost production. And so when you put, start putting chemicals in things, well, there are side effects, and some of the side effects are not good. Of course, it doesn't affect everybody. So the funny thing is, of course, you know, you put this chemical in like, well, he didn't die, you know, but then some people do get affected. So that's some of the reasons as well. Um, if you feel anxious or angry, not good. You know, these are emotions which, yeah, we can feel them, but if we feel them continually, we're continually anxious, we're continually angry with people, that's stress, and stress can cause illness. We know this, but this is just giving you some ideas of how, why there's actually sickness in the, in the world. So, 
the main person to look at at this point is Jesus. What did Jesus do? What was his healing ministry like? You know, how, how, what was he doing? Uh, uh, and, and, and one of the key things that's really, really spoken to me is compassion. Jesus had incredible compassion. If we go out there to, and our goal is to heal the sick so that we can tick it off on a box, so that we can come back to our destiny and say, hey, I healed five people today, then that's just the wrong attitude. That is just not what Jesus would have you do. When we look upon somebody, we want to look upon with eyes and compassion. They're in pain, some of them, yeah? Or they can't walk, or they can't see, or they can't hear. And, and what would Jesus do? He would just be sorry that that was the case. You know, he would have compassion on them. Um, let me just read you a verse of scripture here. So Matthew 29, 34, as Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard Jesus, that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy upon us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy upon us. Jesus stopped and called them. Now, interestingly, he, at this point, he says, what, what do you want me to do? And I think, you know, when we're out praying for people, uh, we should ask them, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to pray for? Because, you know, okay, the guy's there in a wheelchair, it's pretty obvious, you know what I mean? But you need to ask. I mean, I've been out there, there was a guy in a wheelchair, he was actually dying. What do you want prayer for? Nothing. You're, you're dying? Yeah, don't want prayer though, okay? Um, Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. He didn't touch their eyes first and then have compassion on them. He had compassion on them first. That is something that we need to take home. So that's one thing I want to leave you with, compassion. Another one is authority. We have been given his authority. This is a really key one. Um, this one I really, really struggled with. And uh, I had a, uh, before I did iDestiny, I used to have a lot of students around to my house and sort of learn off them. And I had one particular uh, uh, student, uh, Jan, and he, uh, he and I had this kind of like, I wouldn't say fight, but kind of an argument about this, you know, the authority. Because, um, you know, I'm like, no, 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 Jesus heals. Yeah? And so he does, right? But the key thing is we have been given the authority to heal. And, and the key verse of scripture that he uh, uh, basically uh, uh, s said was, um, go out and, and heal the sick. You, you read this in the Bible, you know, we read that Jesus sent out the disciples to heal the sick. What he didn't say was, go out and bring the sick back to me and I'll heal them, right? He said, go out and heal the sick. So that means they had authority to heal the sick. Now, of course, they're doing it in his name. That's who we're doing it in, the name of Jesus but they had authority to go out and heal the sick. So we have authority to heal the sick, yeah? Given by Jesus. This is a bit of a mind change. And so for me, I was just like, no, no, this can't be right. This can't be right, Jesus heals. And he does, yeah? But he has given us authority to heal on his behalf. That's a big one. Understand that. And, and understand too, it is not dependent on wh whether you've, uh, uh, you know, said three Hail Marys, read your Bible, prayed, you know, fasted and everything else. All this really, really helps. But the, you know, I prayed for a lady who was blind. I'll tell you the story later. I didn't, the day before, I was so busy, I wasn't reading my Bible. Sorry. And, you know, 
I was probably praying, but you know, I hadn't had a super experience, you know, sp uh, 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 spiritual time the day before. You know what I mean, particularly. And so, but 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 we have that authority. We don't we don't have to earn it. We've been given it. It's not conditional. It's unconditional. Okay. Um, I, here's another one, Matthew 10, 8. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons, give as freely as you have been, uh, as you have received. Um, here's another one. Bring health to the sick, raise the dead, touch the untouchables, kick out demons. I love this, this message translation. You have been treated generously, so give generously. Um, another area which uh, we see is sometimes the transfer of power when we're actually praying for somebody. So in other words, we remember the, the, the woman who touches Jesus' coat and he feels the power go out of him. Um, I just want to explain on this one because this is really important. I often make a mistake here sometimes because when I'm praying for somebody out in the street, uh, I, I think it's good to put a hand on them, but you need to ask. <laughs> and I'm really bad at asking because I'm like, yeah, can I pray for you? So I got all the permission done and I haven't asked and I'm putting them a hand and they're like, whoa, he's touching me. You know, what's this about? And so we need to explain, you know, and it's not necessary. Remember what I said? It's not a cake. It's not three eggs and add some flour and it bakes and it rises. Um, but there is something in this. But also uh, contrast that the Roman soldier comes to Jesus and says that his slave is sick. I think that's right, his slave is sick. And what does Jesus do? He, oh no, the, the, and Jesus says, I'll, I'll go, I'll, show me where he is. And, and the guy basically, the, this Roman uh, uh, officer says, no, not necessary. I have authority. When I command my men, they go. You have authority. If you command it, it will happen. Wow. Wow. That's how much authority we have. Uh, just in case anybody's interested, it was Matthew 5, 28 to 29, the, the, the woman being healed by touch by Jesus' garment. Um, so I, I like to do crazy things with my neighbours if I can. And so last Christmas, I just felt, gosh, you know, I've never done anything with my neighbours for quite some time. And I wanted to do something really special. And so I thought, right, it'd be great if I could have some of them around to the house. But how to do it? Because people are really, really busy at Christmas time. And... Um, I just thought, right, I just want to be generous, because that's what Jesus would do. He'd be generous, wouldn't he? So I thought, right, mince pies and champagne, but not prosecco, not sparkling wine, champagne, proper stuff. So I told all my neighbors this, it's proper champagne, you know, I'm going out, I'm going to buy you Waitrose mince pies, oh my goodness. You know, so we're, we're having the proper champagne, you know, the really high market uh, mince pies come round. And, uh, and they did, and not all of them came round, and interestingly enough, the one that didn't come round was really, really sorry it hadn't come round, so I got the impression they really did want to come round. And it was really cool, it was a great, you know, great atmosphere, uh, kind of fun, and um, one of the neighbours who'd been there, uh, she had seen God heal her, uh, her, actually, when she was pregnant, and the baby was there, the baby had been born, and I'll show you the video in a minute about what happened there, but um, the cool thing was that in this incredible atmosphere, of generosity, uh, which I was trying to sort of, you know, really show, and love, really, trying to love on my neighbours, basically. Uh, it was very, very informal, but here was the surprise. So one of the neighbours, uh, so the neighbour that had the baby, baby Edgar, is like, oh, hold the baby, so it was like, you know, hold the baby time. And she wants to give it to one of the other neighbours, and she's like, I can't. 
look at my hands. Now, it, it wasn't leprosy, but it kind of looked like it might be. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't good what was wrong with her hands. And so naturally, and this is where I think I'm trying to encourage you because we want it to be natural. I said to her, oh, would you like me to pray for that? Now, interestingly enough, this neighbor, I hadn't talked too much. So there wasn't much, you know, we didn't really know each other and everything else. So she kind of went, um, well, you know, that can happen. The other neighbor who's been healed, not a Christian, is going, no, 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 take it, take it, it works. So this was the amazing thing. You've got a neighbor, you, you know, you've got somebody, an advocate, if you like, you know, who's, who's saying, yeah, yeah, take it, take it, take it. Now, here was the fun thing. So I prayed for her hand, and her hand did get healed, but interestingly enough, so did her eyes. Now, go figure. You know, I don't remember praying for her eyes, but hey, you know, there we go. <laughs> it was Christmas, so God gave her extra, you know. Um, <laughs> Okay, I'm going to try this. I don't know how well it's going to work with this microphone thing, but um, I don't remember which one it is. I think it's stuff. You've just witnessed a miracle. Does it look good? You see, when I was in Colorado, I'm going to go back now probably six years ago, um, I tore my knee pretty bad. I'm a runner, very, very keen runner, and I told my knee up really, really bad, and it was really sore. I mean, I was limping, and, you know, I was kind of really frustrated because it wasn't getting better. I had loads of people pray for it, by the way, loads of people pray for it, and it didn't get healed, and um, kind of thought, right, okay, fine, I'll, you know, I'll have to go to the doctors. So it just so happened in, in Colorado, there's a Stedman Clinic, and um, it's, it's quite renowned. Apparently, Manchester United players, and I think Newcastle players, actually fly their knee injuries out there. That's how good it is, this clinic. And so I went in there, and, you know, nine x-rays later, which were so fast, it just wasn't like the NHS, but there you go. Um, they, you know, they had a result, and basically, um, because of my age, uh, so, you know, I was 25 and a half then. Uh, because of my age, um, it wasn't going to heal. Now, I, I, you know, but they could fix it, um, but it wouldn't be perfect. Um, you know, it would never be completely perfect. And, um, you know, it would probably cost about 10,000 US to, to have it fixed. I was just like, I am not having this. You know what I mean? Just something rose up in me and said, no, I am not having. It was kind of like a desperation. I am not. First, Scottish, you know, I'm not paying $10,000, <laughs> period, uh, particularly for something that's not going to be perfect. You know what I mean? It would be perfect. It was, you know, it would be not so bad if it was going to be perfect. And uh, the other thing that I'm like, how dare they tell me what age I can and can't do things? You know what I mean? And that was, you know, something that really sort of rose up on me. And um, interestingly enough, um, a week later, uh, it was actually healed. So learn from that. Yeah. And uh, the person who healed it was actually a teenager at the time. I think he was about 17. And uh, I was trying to teach him to... Uh, well, we were actually on a hike. Uh, I don't know why I went on a hike. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever because when you've got a torn knee, it just isn't a clever idea. And particularly if you're at altitude and you're going up. And the thing is, with a knee injury, you can go up. You just can't come down. So we went up all right. The view was great, by the way, but we just couldn't come down. It was really, really difficult. You know, I've got my arm around your shoulder and everything else, but it, it, I was just in so much pain. And, uh, and I said to him, I said, you know, could, could, could you pray for this? And so he said, yeah, sure. And he prayed a prayer like this. Now, we've all probably heard this kind of prayer. So if it's your will, God, that just maybe you could possibly, because Ian's really good, um, heal his knee. And I'm just like, man, stop right there. Where is the expectation? 
of healing, you know? If I was God, I just, I don't think I would do it, you know what I mean? And um, I just kind of encouraged him, you know, you have authority here. Uh, you know, you have God-given authority and everything else. And interestingly enough, he, he didn't say anything. We carried on walking. And then after about a mile or so, he suddenly turned to me and he said, you know, a prayer, something along the lines of this knee is going to be healed, it's going to be healed the next day, and uh, it's, you know, it's going, to be, it's going to be all fixed. And so, great, you know, so I carried on, got back down, got in the car, drove home, and I, I was working at the time, and the next day, uh, halfway through the morning, I completely forgot about my knee because I was so busy. And it was the, I think it was one of the secretaries at the, the front desk said, oh, you, you're not limping, how's your knee? And I'm like, oh my goodness, it's been healed. Wow. And I run to this day. I ran nine miles uh, this uh, just a few months ago. La oh, we're going to stop. Right, okay, that's good. I'll just stop. Key, key thing here, hearing God's voice, right? Hearing God's voice. Now, I know you're all doing this because, you know, I know what the Die Destiny course entails, but this is massive when it comes to healing. Superbly massive. Um, let, let me just read this from John. This is from John 5:19. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him everything he is doing. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can do this. You really can. But you need to listen. You need to listen to what God is saying in the moment, even as you're praying. Who's he leading you to? Um, I've just come back from America. It was great fun. Uh, the 26 degree difference wasn't in temperature, wasn't, but everything else was good. And uh, as part of this trip, uh, I have a friend over there who's in full-time ministry. He sees a lot of healing on the streets and things. Uh, and uh, David and I decided that we would uh, go on holiday right? uh, for a week. But this was going to be a holiday with a difference because we were really expecting that God was going to do incredible things. Right? So we're going on holiday, that's the, the remit. We want to do amazing things, uh, have fun, but we're going to be using this. Not, I don't want to call it a missions trip because that's too strong a word, but, um, but that's kind of what it was because you know, we're, we're expecting the miraculous. We're expecting God to do something, um, but we're still on holiday. So I was all for, you know, we'll just pick a place and go because, you know, we've got, I don't know how many states there are in America. Sorry for Americans who are listening. I can't just quite remember, but there's lots of them. And uh, but, but my friend David was like, we'll pray for this and see what God tells us. I'm like, okay. I, I don't know about you, but, you know, I do hear God. But when somebody puts me on the spot like that, I'm like, Whoa. you know what I mean? And we just have to rise up to that. We have to be bold, really, and believe that God can actually speak to us. So we both went away to pray. Now, I had previously in the year been on a trip in California with some friends of mine, had an absolute brilliant time, and I just thought, oh, I'd so love to go back to California soon. 
and here's this opportunity to be like, no, 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 no. So I'm, you know, I'm praying, okay, God, give me a destination. And all I can see and hear and think is California. And you know, I get pictures of beaches, California, you know, I'm seeing California forests. And I'm like, no, no. And I'm trying to think straight and I just can't. So I'm like, all right. So I give up, leave it a few days, pray again. Same thing happens again. Leave it a few days, pray again. Same thing happens again. I'm just like, oh no. And then David's ringing me up. Right, what have you got? And I'm thinking, oh, I've failed, you know. And I said to him, I failed, you know, I... It's what it feels anyways, you know, I just keep getting to California. At which point he just bursts out laughing because he's got California. And, you know, I, there is, you know, God gives us desires of our heart, doesn't he? You know, so he knew I wanted to go there. So, you know, why not? And so off we went to California. So we went to Bethel Church up in Reading, uh, visited with a few friends there. And we, we planned a little bit of it, but we also wanted to leave it really open to what God would actually do. So one day... Um, we, so I don't know if you know California at all, but basically we flew into San Francisco and then you drive about, I think it's about four, four, four and a half hours up to, to Redding, California. And then really to do anything else, you've got to drive four and a half hours back. And so we're praying for a destination, literally that specific. So we're asking God for a destination. Almost immediately, I got the word Casper in my head and I thought that is bizarre. Where has this come from? Because it's not, and that's often God. You know, if you get something in your head that you just know you wouldn't have thought of, that has to be from God, right? And so I'm thinking to myself, Casper, I've never even heard of anywhere called Casper, you know, kind of thing. And the more I pray about it, that's all I get, you know. And the great thing about God is he's given me it, so, you know, go with it. So I'm thinking, man, I wonder what David's got, you know. I can't see how we would both get the same thing. So I share with him, look, I've got this word Casper in my head. Yeah, I don't know anywhere called Casper in California. So he's like, well, two things. One, the only Casper I know about is in Wyoming, and that's, you can't drive that. There's simply not enough time. But the interesting thing is, and he said, but he said, what I got from God was, no matter how crazy or stupid the idea that Ian has, you have to go with it. And I thought that was kind of cool. So I'm like, right, okay, let's Google and see where Casper is. So we Googled Casper, and lo and behold, Casper is a, a, a town that's on the uh, coast, it's right on the beach, and I mean, I love beaches, uh, and it was about four and a half hours away from where we were, in the right direction. Isn't that fantastic? Now, if you're thinking, ah, well, he probably passed a sign for Casper, no. No, we did not. There were no signs for Casper because the road we were coming up, Casper, was probably 200 miles to the to the east uh, to the west, so there, there was nothing up, and it's such a small place, you know, small on sale. So I really feel that was from God, right? So we're like, okay, we're going to do this. So we jump in the car and we drive to Casper, four and a half hours. Actually, it was five because there was lots of fog and deers running out in front of the road and everything else. It was a fantastic drive, and we get there. Camp uh, actually, we didn't camp in the end; we stayed in the motel. And then the next day, we went down to Casper Beach, um, and I have a photograph of the beach actually yeah, somewhere. Just have a look. So this is Casper Beach. It was foggy. It was really, really beautiful beach. But you'll notice there's nobody on it. <laughs> so we get to this remote place. And I'm like, great! It looks really, really nice. There's nobody here. However, there was a shop adjacent to the beach. It doesn't actually feature on this photo and uh, there was these two ladies outside the shop so we went up to them and we thought hang we're just going to tell them you know so we just explained we're Christians uh, we've just been in Reading we, we, we prayed and God sent us here 
would you like prayer? And so one of the ladies said, oh, you should pray for this, this lady here. She's got problems with her kidneys. Now, interestingly enough, the lady didn't look too receptive for the prayer, but we prayed. And unfortunately, at that point, nothing happened. But I was really, I really admired my friend who was with me because he's like, I will leave you our phone number and if anything happens, you can give us a call. Wow, you know, that's probably a bit more American than what we would normally do, but you know, there you go. And so, uh, fine, so we thought, okay, what will we do now? Well, let's just go for a walk on the beach. Because remember, we're on holiday. So, you know, we're just relaxing in this, see what God does. We've driven five hours to get to this place, might as well enjoy it. So we're going around the beach, talking to various people on the beach, because there was one or two. Uh, nothing particularly significant happened at that point. And then we thought, well, we might as well go into the shop and see what the shop's about. So we go into the shop, and the first thing that happens when we go into the shop is the lady who has been outside the shop, the first lady we spoke to, turns out she owns the shop. And she's like, the hot chocolate, it's yours, on the house. Now. For me, that was kind of special because God, for some reason, when I'm on holiday, I get free drinks. I get a lot of free stuff, actually, but I get free drinks because he knows that I love this happening to me, you know? And here we were, you know, we drove five hours all the way over there. And the first miraculous thing God does is touches somebody's heart so they're generous towards us and gives us a free drink. Isn't that just so God? We're looking for, you know, mountains to be moved, people to be healed and everything else. But the first thing that actually happens is God you know, it was cold on the beach, you know, and there's a hot chocolate. Wow. But it doesn't stop there. So I decided uh, I wanted to, to, to bless some friends of mine uh, who I was visiting with, and I decided I would buy some wine. So I looked at uh, the, 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 the wine that they had there, and I noticed it was from that region. And so I was asking the lady, you know, which, you know, which one's any good? So she was saying, well, they're all pretty okay, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and I chose one, and she said, I'll give you some discount. I'm thinking, great, you know, for a Scotsman, this is just, you know, this is, <laughs> this is all about discount, right? And I'm thinking 10%, 15%, you know? No, no, see, that, that's, not, that's not God, is it? That's not a God discount. A God discount is going to be bigger than that. She gave me 50% off. That's very, very significant, I feel, you know? And I just thought, you know, there was us. We're all for this healing thing uh, or miraculous and everything else. And the first thing God does is he does that. And, you know, I was just like, we were just like, this is brilliant. We loved it. And I think the thing is as well, I just want to really encourage you. You might go out with one agenda, right? We want to heal the sick. But God might have a different one first for you. And just go with it, you know? He might want you to be generous to somebody or for somebody to be generous to you. Anyway, we get back in the car and we drive around the coast a bit more and we see a light station. Now, a light station is actually really a lighthouse, but the foghorn is actually in the in the lighthouse. I had to learn this new thing. Um, so basically they're both together, whereas a normal lighthouse, the foghorn is separate, apparently. Anyway, so this was a light station. And so if you can picture, it's a really foggy day. I've got a picture in a minute. Actually, no, you don't need to picture it. I have a picture of it. Yeah, that's right, so I do. Uh, and actually, I even have a video of it, I think. Yeah. And so very foggy day. And I don't know if this will play or not. You can hear the, oh, and there's a little lighthouse, you see? And um, so, uh, 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 you know, absolutely amazing. So we go in there, and um, uh, there's like, uh, you know, there's a guy in there who's in charge kind of thing, and, you know, they've got a little shop and stuff, and a little bit of history of the lighthouse, and he's chatting away to us and everything else. But the interesting thing was, the minute I walked in the door, literally as I walked through the threshold of the door, I got hit with a headache just came like that. And I just, I don't know why, but I just instantly thought, that's not mine. And I think we need to, you know, 
God speaks to us in lots of different ways. And, you know, when I was talking about hearing God is so, so important. This was so from God, but I didn't realize it at that point. But I'm just thinking, I'm getting to realize it that, you know, sometimes I get pains for people and these pains are not mine. And so for that particular day, I thought, no, this is not my headache. So I went to the guy who was, uh, you know, uh, well, I spoke to David and I said, hey, I think, you know, I've got this headache and it's not mine. So it must be for somebody in here. So it's, let's go and chat to this guy. So we chatted to this guy and, uh, and we prayed for him, but he didn't have a headache, right? Now, you know, we often get disappointed, don't we? Because we, you know, here we are, we think we've got the whole thing and we get disappointed and we give up, right? And I have to confess at this point, I just walked out of the, the lighthouse. But, oh, thank you for enthusiastic friends. Because my friend David comes out like, oh, no, 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 no. Get back in there, right? Get back in there and ask everybody if they've got a headache. And I'm like, oh, do we have to? You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, we've just driven five hours to get here. Of course we have to. So anyway, we go back in. And there's these two other girls uh, or ladies there. And uh, I can't remember why I said them something like, you know, we're Scottish and a bit wild, but, you know, or I'm Scottish and he's American. But anyway, you know, we've driven five hours. And look, I have a headache. I don't think it's mine. Does anybody need prayer for a headache? At which point this lady goes, oh, yeah, she's had one for days, pointing to a friend, right? And I thought, great. So we prayed for it. Went. Thank you, Jesus. You see. Now, we went with an expectation to see the miraculous. And I think this, I just want to underline this because, you know, we need to have a desire. You know, seek and you will find, I think, applies in lots of different areas. If you want to see healing, desire to see healing in your life. Now, remember all the other things I taught you, compassion and, you know, uh, you know, you know, the authority we have and everything else. But you, you desire to see healing. If you want to desire to see healing, then, uh, you know, it's putting you in the right frame of mind. I think it's just putting you, it, it just opens you up to the possibility that it will actually happen. And uh, I, uh, early in the year, um, I must have been hearing something, I don't know, maybe a verse of scripture. And I just thought, oh, never pray for a deaf person and, and get their hearing back, you know. And I thought, that'd be really cool, God, wouldn't it? You know, I'd love to pray for somebody and then get the hearer back, right? And I, I love God because, you know, when you have that kind of conversation with him, it's not long before something happens. But I, the, the reality is I don't know any deaf people. And, you know, when you're walking around on the street, it's really difficult to see who they are unless you happen to see they've got stuff in their ears, you know. And so uh, I was with my next door neighbor in Scotland. So um, my mum lives next door to these two lovely ladies. They've been there 30, 35 years. I can't even remember. They've always been our neighbours. And so every time I go home, I obviously go over there and I chat with them and everything else. So I went over and, um, you know, they are uh, just incredibly friendly, really, really nice people and everything else. Um, I, I think they go to church. I'm not quite sure. I, I don't know what faith they have, if, if any. Um, and I always just share a little bit about what I'm doing, you know. And that would include a little bit of, I pray for somebody and they got healed. And up until this point, they hadn't said anything about that, uh, particularly other than, oh, right, okay, you know. This time, uh, this lady shares with me that she's actually got a problem in one of her ears, right? Could I pray for it? And I'm like, so my reaction was slightly wrong. I'm like, oh, great! No, that's 
that's not a good reaction because she's looking at me going, and I'm explaining to her, well, actually, I've been just asking God for an opportunity to pray for somebody who's got a problem with their hearing, and you are it. So that's why I'm so excited. I'm not excited for the fact you've got a problem with your ears. And so I pray for you, and interestingly, right away, I love it when miracles are instant, but right away she felt a change in her ear. In fact, she described, she said something's draining, but she gave it the technical term, because this lady is in healthcare, she's a physiotherapist and writes books and everything else quite incredibly good that way and so uh, she you know she felt something change in her ear but she felt at that point she couldn't really test it because her uh, under only under certain circumstances would she notice if she had a problem and so I actually had to wait a few months before she emailed me back and said no it is better it's much better and that was real encouragement for me because I thought right okay you know that's a real answer to prayer but key the key thing there was desire a desire to see I desire to see healing, but I also desire to see specifically uh, uh, someone who had problems with their ears. So uh, I think, you know, I really want to encourage you on that. We really are to seek after God and desire things. Remember what it says, you know, he gives us the desires of our hearts. So if we desire to do something for him and we desire out of the purest of intentions, but we want to see somebody, uh, you know, healed of deafness, then why not? Why wouldn't we? You know what I mean? Why wouldn't we? And don't be despondent when the healing isn't instant. Um, I had a, a neighbour of mine um, who was uh, uh, part of the Mormon church and we got to know each other and um, uh, I went up to his house one time and uh, uh, lovely, lovely couple and had me over for a meal and stuff and uh, at the end I noticed that we had this dessert but he couldn't really have it and it turned out that he had this device in his heart. I'm not just quite sure what it was, whether it was a pacemaker or something else, but he, he basically couldn't do any exercise and he couldn't have any sugar. Right? And so I just thought, oh man, that must be to not have ice cream. I mean, it's not worth living, right? And so I just thought, you know, I've got to, I'm only kidding, I've got to pray for this guy, you know? And so I said to him, can I pray for you? Now, interestingly enough, we'd had a little conversation about, you know, God and stuff. And He'd actually said, oh, Ian thinks like we do. And I thought, great, I probably don't, but that's fine if you think that, you know. And uh, he said, well, the elders don't normally allow this, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to let you pray for me. And I'm like, great. And I felt it was, a, you know, it was a step of faith on his part, you know. So I prayed for him. Nothing happened. Nothing. All right. Fine. So fast forward about two months later. He's at the door. It's quite cold. And we're chatting away, and then he's sort of, you know, he's got a pain in his heart. And I said, oh, does, it, does the cold weather affect you? Yes, it does. And then uh, me being me, kind of forgetting where I was, I said, oh, I'll pray for you. And I put my hand on his shoulder without even asking. Oops, but never mind. And, and prayed for him, and uh, nothing happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's interesting, isn't it? You know, we often get despondent when that happens. We often give up. Don't, all right? Don't give up. Yeah. Keep being hopeful, right? Just because it's not instant, you know, healing isn't always microwave, you know, it's not always instant. Um, I don't understand why. I would love it to be instant, and, you know, when Jesus prayed for people, it seemed to always be instant, but sometimes it just isn't for us, and I don't know why that is. Uh, and uh, I think it was about another two months after that, he came to me. Uh, actually, my car had broken down, it hit a pheasant, but that's another story. And uh, it was bad, actually. The pheasant was definitely dead, but they took the car out pretty nearly. And uh, 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 a Welsh pheasant as well. And um, 
we were pushing the car back to, to you know, the, 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 the tow truck had dropped it off, but it wasn't quite in the right place, and I was pushing it back. And he came out, and he's helping. And I said, oh, you can't do that, because I know he can't do exercise, you know. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, I can, because uh, I'm going to get the wires out. And I'm like, what? And he said, yeah. And he said, it must have been the prayer. And I'm like, see, that's important, because he's recognizing that God has actually done something there. And uh, he got the wires out. And I have this memory of him running around the garden, uh, playing football with his younger son. Uh, with his uh, youngest son, and I'm just like, oh wow, you know, something you couldn't do before. And I love it when you know we pray for the sick. We see them, you know, we might see the joy there and then, or or we may see it later. It's something that we can do. Another thing, Jesus wants us to love on people. I really feel it goes hand in hand. You know, we're talking about healing. And we're talking about compassion, but we need to think about practical ways. If it's champagne and mince pies, fine. For this guy, he still believed he couldn't have sugar, right, even though the wires had come out. So I thought, okay. But the funny thing is, he believed he could have maple syrup, right? I would have said there was sugar in maple syrup, but, you know, I'm no expert. Fine. So... I thought to myself, I'm going to make him maple syrup ice cream. Now, I don't know if you've ever made ice cream, but there is enormous amounts of sugar in it. If you then substitute the enormous amounts of sugar with maple syrup, you have got the most expensive ice cream in the world. <laughs> Believe me. I mean, it cost me an absolute fortune to me. I think I needed about three things to think. But to see the joy on his face, I mean, he was almost in tears because he hadn't actually eaten ice cream since he was nine. And I just think, you know, we just, we, let's love on people, you know. Love them into the kingdom, but also we're thinking of, uh, uh, you know, healing as well. Now, my iPad's gone to sleep, so just give me a minute while I uh, open it up here. I'll just, we'll just do a pause. <laughs> An automatic pause. Oh, dear. Uh, was that all right? Was that good? Okay. I'm just let. I'm just going to let this run the whole time. Is yeah, that is that fine? Yeah, should we have a small break? I think it would be a good idea to do. Um, is that all right? Yeah, I was going to say... Um, pause that. Are we still... Oh, we're going... Are we, sorry, I didn't know where we were going. Uh, we're going I, didn't, I didn't hear the clap. That was it, you see. I didn't hear the clap. Um, okay, I'm not in the right place here. Well, I just want to, I want to continue a little bit about California because it really was quite an experience. So we, you know, we, we, we saw this person, uh, 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 you know, healed of a headache. And, uh, and that really, you know, that was very exciting for us. So we had, as part of the trip, we planned in a visit to Sacramento because I'd stayed in an Airbnb uh, uh, there once before and I really got on well with the, the, the couple that were running it. And so I just thought, hang, let's, let's do it. And it was so cheap. It's like £100 a night for a whole apartment with a rose garden, swimming pool, the lot, you know, so it was just amazing. So we get there and they're actually quite excited to see us. And I said, oh, maybe we can have a chance to hang out because we didn't have a chance to sort of hang out with the owners before. And they're like, come for breakfast. Fantastic. So we went for breakfast. Now they are Indian and I hadn't had an Indian breakfast before, but the fun thing is I have eaten with Indians before and I happen to know that they eat with their hands. They don't use knife and fork. And so I thought, I wonder how my friend's coping with this, you know, because it was scrambled egg. But there was something you could eat it with. And so we, we did that. And then um, uh, and I just thought, hang, I want to pray for them, you know. And so we'd already worked out at this point they were Muslims. 
And so uh, we said, hey, you know, we'd, we'd love to pray for you. Would that be okay? Fine. And just to explain at this point, the mother, so the, the mother was there as well, and she was doing something in the kitchen, sort of in the, dis, you know, in the background. And so I started to pray. The minute I started to pray, the mother stopped what she was doing and came back to the table and bowed her head. I thought that was amazing. That in its own was just like, wow, you know, real expectation here. And I just prayed for a blessing over the business and just prayed for them generally, you know, kind of thing. And uh, the mother had been healed of cancer. Um, I can't be 100% sure about this, but we may have prayed for that last time. And I need to check this. So anyways, Dominic, if you're listening, what was the, did we pray for that? I can't remember. And so anyways, um, uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I don't know if you've used Airbnb, but basically they leave you a critique. Uh, you know, they, they say how good or bad you were as tenants and everything else. So we got a great review. And then she private messaged me and said, oh, thank you so much for the prayer. You know, we just really loved you being here and, and my mother especially so. Such a sh- simple thing. And I really believe for, you know, uh, for, for, for uh, Muslims and stuff that, you know, God sends them dreams and everything else. And just, you know, I didn't feel it was appropriate for, them to, for me to necessarily share the gospel with them. But they obviously enjoyed the prayer. And you never know, maybe next time when we go, because I think we are going to go back, you know, maybe next time something else will happen. So we left there and shot off to San Francisco. Now, we knew San Francisco was going to be rather special because we were thinking, oh, we're going to see people healed in San Francisco. Now, see, the thing is, well, there was an expectation there. You know, both of us were, like, keen to see God do stuff. And that's, just I want to encourage you, you know, desire. Talk, we talked about that before, that desire to see God do something. And so I have a friend there, and he is uh, first-generation Chinese, absolutely hilarious, lived in San Francisco just about all his life, and uh, speaks fluent Cantonese and Mandarin. So we just thought, dead handy, we'll go to Chinatown, we'll pray for the sick. This is what's in my head, right? Now, in fairness, we hadn't really absolutely asked God on that when we just decided we'd do it. So we go there, and uh, Chinatown is crazy. I need to show you some photos, because Chinatown is just it's wild. And so, uh, you know, you've got these, um, basically, this is a shop, and it's just so different from what we are used to. You know what I mean? Stuff is just all loose. There's nothing in English. You know, we're in America here, and there's nothing in English. Not, you know, there's not, there's not English and Chinese. It's just Chinese. <laughs> and all the labels in Chinese. And listening to all the chatter in the background is all Chinese and everything else, which was quite amazing. And uh, we were just looking around. I'm like, oh, man, I don't recognize any of this stuff. However, surprisingly, in an oasis of Chinese stuff was some Manchester digestives, which I thought was just because these are made here, I believe. So I thought that was really quite funny. I thought that was God's sense of humor as well. You know, I'm like, oh, that's not, I don't even know anything. And I'm like, no, no way. You know what I mean? And, you know, you would struggle to find digestives in the United States anyways, but to find them in Chinatown, hilarious, you know. And then uh, we went to... Um, Actually, the birthplace of uh, California, uh, not California, San Francisco, uh, which is in Chinatown. It's a particular park. Unfortunately, I don't remember the name of the park. And um, there's all sorts of things going on there. Uh, uh, Chinese people playing chess and the... Uh, they're also doing uh, card gambling and everything else. It's kind of an interesting place. And so we thought, brilliant, we'll, we'll pray for the Chinese. You know, So we go there and, uh, you know, I'm looking around to see if God brings to my attention somebody I should pray for. So I'm not just randomly grabbing somebody, plenty of people around, and saying, hey, can I pray for you? I'm just trying to ask God, show me who needs prayer. And my friend David's very good at this. He'll go into a supermarket, he'll walk around the entire supermarket, and he'll just be looking, 
And then when he feels that God has said that person, he'll just go up to them. And he will just say to them, I'm a Christian and I really feel that God has sent me to you. Would you be offended if I prayed for you? Do you need anything? And for him, it just kind of works every time, you know. And I, I think, you know, we shouldn't be scared. You know, we obviously need a boldness. I know it's not the most natural thing to do is to go to somebody in Tesco's and say, you know, just never mind the carrots for a minute, but do you need prayer for something, you know? But I think if we are listening to God, he is going to show us who needs talking to. And I think some of this is just, you're just going to have to go and get it wrong loads of times. And I'm still getting it wrong, right? But if you don't try it, so that, you know, iDestiny is all about, this is your great opportunity to make loads of mistakes, gain loads of experience, and also get some of it right. Because then you'll see, oh yeah, God does talk to me. And this is the way he talks to me. Because the way he talks to me is probably completely different to you. Because often people say to me, well, how did you know? And I'm like, I don't know, I just knew. You know, and for me and God, sometimes I just know. You know, I couldn't say exactly how I know, I just know. Um, and so uh, we went up to one or two people. And the funny thing is, this is the bit that will stay with me forever. We could barely communicate with them. No English. Nada. One guy that I spoke to spoke English, but the rest of them, no English at all. I mean, done. I mean, this lady had been there for 30 years. Not only that, she's spoken such a strong dialect, because there are many dialects in China. My friend could barely communicate with her. We did pray for her ears. I don't know if they were healed or not, but a big smile came on her face. So I'm just going to go for it. God did something, you know, kind of thing. I actually was funny. I asked my friend, I said, you know, I think I want to just touch the lobes of her ears. Uh, can you ask? So he asks, and I'm like, did you get permission? He's like, not sure. I said, I'll just go for it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Why not? You know, so we did that. And then my friend said, hey, you know, let's, uh, Chinese friend said, hey, let's go to the Italian quarter, which is quite nearby. And so we went to this park, beautiful park. Uh, so the other park we were in was just all concrete. This one was like grass and there was this like big uh, sort of cathedral, I think, uh, church thing. So it was amazing. And, and, and everybody's kind of Italian. It's amazing. You know, California people really do, you know, and you, just even the way the shopkeepers were talking to each other and everything else. And um, we were walking around the park and I said, let's just walk and see what we feel. And so I saw this lady and I thought, right, I think we need to go and pray for her. So I went over and I started chatting with her and she, I think she had a problem with her leg, you could see it. And I asked her if she wanted to pray and she said, no, no. Common wisdom says, okay, they said no, so I'm going to give up, right? No. Tenacious, that's me. I'm not going to give up just because somebody says no. So I carried on chatting with her, explaining a little bit about what we were doing and everything else. And then I thought, oh, some stealth prophecy at this point, you know? In other words, some words of encouragement from God. Because, hang, you know, I feel I've come five hours to this spot or six hours or actually 5,000 miles, depending on how you want to look at it, you know, so why not? So I was just uh, sort of praying a little bit for her, but she wasn't kind of, I wasn't making it obvious that I'm doing that, you know, kind of thing. And it was interesting because suddenly, halfway through the conversation, she says to me, you know, maybe I will take some prayer. <laughs> Wow. So, you know, be expectant that uh, if God gives you uh, uh, somebody that you're to pray for, don't just give up. Sometimes we will come up against resistance, you know, at least initially. But be expectant that God can get you through, get you past that. So I prayed for her. I, I don't think there was any immediate change at that point. But hey, you know, she received prayer. She received a word of encouragement. So we got up and again, I'm asking God. So this is key as well. I'm asking God, who should I pray for? 
who do you want me to pray for? Who, do you, who, who needs the touch of God? And I saw this person, well, difficult to not see him, flying a helicopter, right? And I'm saying, in fact, can he do that <laughs> in a park? Because it doesn't look too, that, too safe, you know, it's pretty big helicopter things. He's flying this helicopter. So we went over to him and right away, I just thought legs. And I looked at his legs and it looked fine. You know, but I just felt God saying that he's got a problem with his legs. So, of course, if you go up to a complete stranger and say, and this is probably roughly what we said, hi, my name's Ian, I'm from England, we're on a kind of mission from God, I think that's what we did at this point. You know, uh, I've come 5,000 miles, and actually, this is going to sound really weird, but do you have a problem with your legs? And he's like, yeah, I was in a car accident. I'm like, what we're here for, you know? And so prayed for him and we had him walking around and he told us the pain was going and he, he seemed to have more movement. I wish I'd filmed him actually, I should have done, but never mind. And it was just encouraging. But the thing was as well, we then realized by speaking with him that he had not had a great life. There was a lot, he, he'd been in the military, but he had a lot of problems with people letting him down and that kind of stuff. And he wasn't homeless, but almost, you know, kind of thing. And so we just felt what would Jesus do in that point? He would love upon them. So my friend had already decided that he was going to give away money during this trip. So this seemed to be the point when he was going to do it. So that was great. So he came prepared. That's another thing. See, I wasn't even prepared. I probably had pounds in my pocket. Totally useless. And uh, on a more practical note, I just thought, hang, it's cold. I bet he'd love a hot drink. So we're like, would you like a hot? Oh, yeah, I'd love it. Right, fine. We'll go and get you one. So we got him a hot drink. And then we just thought, you know what? I think we need to give him a hug. Now, he wasn't just the kind of person he'd really want to give a hug to, to be fair. Uh, but I just felt, you know, no, that's something that a practical way we can show love and stuff and you know we, we had him and everything else and I don't know you know it'd be great to have kept in touch with this guy but it just wasn't possible but I'm confident you know he got healed but I think Jesus was just doing more than just the healing and that's the thing you know we can come in and there can be a physical there can be an obvious physical ailment and we think that's it you know he's got a problem with his legs that's what needs to be healed and in this case sure it did get healed but God can often be doing other things. He can often be healing their heart. He can be healing them, you know, the fact that people are all not friendly, they're all against me. Well, here was uh, three people who were with him, you know what I mean, who were uh, helping him. Remember I said before, don't do something out of guilt? So I uh, took the iDestiny students to Stockport once to do some uh, 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 you know, ministry on the streets, and I saw this guy with a big sort of strange looking thing uh, you know, metal thing coming out to about here. And I thought, hmm, I better pray for that. And then I thought, wrong attitude. I better pray for it? Out of where am I coming from that? You know, it's just wrong, you know? And so I said to God, I said, you know, I need to have the compassion and the love that you have. Because when you see that guy, you see him in a completely different light. So, sorry, I goofed, so I'm not going to pray for him. But if you give me another opportunity when I feel in better, in better mind, then I'll pray for him. So we walked around, did all sorts of things, and then lo and behold, was this guy not sitting down on a chair? Uh, uh, and I just thought, now's the time. And I went up to him, and we did pray for his leg, and it wasn't one of the ones where you could really tell whether anything had happened or not, but the guy started crying when we actually prophesied over him. And I really feel that God was doing a different kind of healing there, you know, a healing of the heart. And that's as important. You know, it's, it's a holistic ministry here. It's not just one aspect. We're, today we're obviously focusing on healing, but you're also noticing that I'm throwing in a lot of other things as well, because I think it all goes hand in hand. We have to be Jesus to them. You know what I mean? We're, we're ambassadors for Christ, yeah? So it's not just, I've come to heal you, but I've come to heal you, to bless you, to love upon you, 
to show you how much I care, you know what I mean? And I think that's something that you can't manufacture that, you've got to have that. And so that's something you can ask God for, you know, can God give me uh, the ability to show compassion the way you would show compassion? Uh, because I think from that, that, that strength, we will see amazing things happen. And, 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 and listen to God and be, be bold. I was in, so as part of another trip in California, I went to hear this guy talk, and I just can't remember his name at the moment, but he has been here, and you'll know who it is. It's the guy who gets people's names bold. Sean Bolts, yeah. And so I was at his conference. He had a conference on and in California, and the friends of mine wanted to go. And to be fair, it was really quite funny because I'm just like, I don't want to go. Because I'm on holiday, right? And why would I go to a conference on holiday? You know what I mean? And so I'm like, oh, do we have to? But anyway, they really wanted to. And so we went. And I'm just sitting in this in the sky. And I thought, this is not my, this is not where I'm at. You know, this is just not where I'm at. And you might be thinking this. You might be thinking, well, this is very good for Ian. But, you know, this is not what I'm seeing at the moment. And, uh, but I was listening to what he was saying. And uh, he did do an impartation. So I thought, yeah, I'll have that for whatever it is, you know, kind of thing. And then we went off for lunch, right? And we ate at, oh, uh, where did we eat? Well, anyway, some pancake place. And then uh, we came back, and uh, I had a pain in my stomach, right? So, you know, uh, I told my friend, hmm, must have eaten something wrong. I got pain in my stomach. But he's so on fire for, he was an idiot, uh, not an idiot, he was a Bethel student. He's like so on fire for God. Oh, it might be a pain for somebody else. And I'm thinking, oh, get real. Now, bear in mind, there's about 800 people, maybe more, actually, in this conference. So, you know, cheers, you know, how on earth am I going to know who it's for? You know what I mean? So I kind of stomped off in the half. I'm like, that's just hopeless. But as I walked away, the pain disappeared. And I thought, oh. So I walked back and the pain came back. And I'm like, no way. And so I then homed in. No good. It was unbelievable. I was, I was literally walking around. The, no, it's not you, obviously. And then I just walked to this one and I thought, it's definitely this person. And I remember going up to him and saying, this is going to sound really weird, but because we were doing, it was more on names actually that particular day. I said, but, but actually, uh, you have a pain. And I didn't say if or do you. I actually said you have, because I was so confident. God had given me such boldness at that point, but I just felt, you know. I, and he's like, yeah, how did you know? So, of course, I told him and I prayed for him. Now, the funny thing is, I love God because he keeps us on the, you know, keeps us. I don't know if he got healed or not because he couldn't test it at that point. You're like, oh, really? But I'm confident he got healed, right? Because he must have done after all that, yeah? But again, that's a different, you know, we, um, you know, getting pain for somebody else. That's, that's new for me. That doesn't always happen. But here was another example of that actually happening and, and specifically getting pain, uh, uh, stomach pain. And, and, and again, somehow I just thought, no, this is not. You know, sorry, I didn't realize on this time it wasn't, for, it wasn't my pain. I'm thinking it's mine. So that's the question you need to ask yourself. When you do get a sudden pain, is this actually mine or is it for somebody else? It might be just God showing you. what. The, the some, some of you, God will just say stomach, right, as he did with me. I didn't get pain in my legs. I just knew it was legs for some reason. Uh, but other times, you know, headache. I got one. And then, you know, uh, and of course it went when hers went. I might add. But, you know, and so it's, you know, it's, it's kind of cool that, you know, that different ways. So, again, coming back, just emphasizing pursuit and emphasizing that we are desiring something and we're going to do it through compassion, but there's no recipe. Notice that a lot of these things are all really, really, really different. You know, different, different approaches, different ways things are happening. Um, <laughs> are, are there any questions at that point while I open up my notes?
Oh, good. <laughs> Can we have a pause? Sorry, I just uh, I just realised I had my notes out in front of me here. Hang on a second. Yeah, it's kind of the sort. Of, I think that's on my next, uh, my next thing. Yeah, yeah, I will do. Um, okay, when we look at Jesus' ministry, um, you know, it's a fair question to ask. Did everyone Jesus pray for get healed? But as far as we're aware, yeah, I, I would say absolutely. So that's encouraging, isn't it? It doesn't obviously say that that's the reality in my life, but that's that's what he what he experienced. Now we know that um, uh, obviously in his hometown there were less healings, so faith does come into it. Um, but we can have faith for the other person. Remember that as well. So they don't have to have faith that they're going to be healed. We can have that faith for them. Um, personally, myself, I enthusiastically, as much as I can, be enthusiastic on this. Believe that God wants everyone to be healed. No exceptions, absolutely none. And I would say, if you say, I cannot see the blind healed, just to throw that out as an example, unfortunately, you've just spoken a truth. That will be correct for your life. However, if you say there is no limit, because let's think about it. I can't cure somebody of a headache any more than I can cure them of blindness. Both are a miracle. Both are impossible without God's uh, assistance. So, so let's not put any our limit on ourselves, yeah? So... I think personally for me, you know, I, I, Alan was asking me before what, you know, when, uh, when did you see the first miracle, uh, you know, or when did you see your first healing miracle? I honestly can't remember, but I've, I, I can remember a lot of failures. <laughs> you know what I mean? A lot of times I prayed and nothing happened. I just want to really encourage you to keep going at it. Don't be, uh, you know, when it doesn't work. I've given you tons of examples why it might work in the future anyways, so you can't put a time on it. You don't know when your prayer might be answered, but just because it wasn't instant, just because it didn't meet with your expectations doesn't mean to say it's failed. You haven't failed. You've actually been successful because I I remember uh, Todd White talking on this. You know, we go out there, we go in the street and we pray for somebody. Nothing happens, right? And we're just like, oh, I failed, right? But the reality is in the spiritual realm, uh, the thing he described it was blood and carnage. You know what I mean? Because because of what you've done, you know, the demons literally did flee, you know, because you actually were bold enough to pray. So remember that when you walk into a restaurant, when you walk down the streets of sale, when you come into a friend's house, you carry with you stuff that literally demons flee. They disappear. You change the atmosphere of a room as you, bring, you come into it, yeah? And so, uh, you know, healing's going to come because literally you've walked into the room, actually. A lot of things leave when we walk in. Um, a good way to visualize, well, not a good way, a, a way sometimes I visualize it, there was a film, Matrix, I can't remember which one, and there's the key maker and he's all glowing and bright. So if you don't know the film, you're completely lost at this point. But uh, there's this guy and, you know, Neo sees him in a different way that other people see him. And he can see this guy and he's just emitting loads and loads of light. That's us. When we walk into a dark place, which is just about anywhere really sometimes, uh, you know, we walk down the high street of sale, we're changing it. We're changing it. We can, make, we can make a huge difference. A little example here, it's not healing, but... Maybe it's healing of a different kind. So I am uh, uh, with this guy called uh, uh, Mikey. You may have seen him. He's the musician that plays outside of Sainsbury's. Yeah, well, I need to, he's an amazing guy. Well, you need to sp- chat with him because he's great fun. And so I, uh, he's outside of Tesco's. So I'm like, 
you doing here? So I said to him, what are you doing here? Oh, they won't let me play at Sainsbury's anymore. And I'm like, really? He said, yeah. He said, they've, uh, uh, they've told me I can't do it. There's a new manager. And he said, no. And I was just like, I was slightly angry at that point. I thought, and I thought, you know what? I can do something here. Right. And he said, well, I think they've had some complaints. And I thought, I can't believe it because he's such a, I mean, you know, he's such a nice guy, you know. And I thought, Phew. so I went back to Sainsbury's and I, uh, I basically said, right, I'd like to speak to the manager. And I, you know, and I explained, you know, I didn't get to the manager, I got to somebody else. But I just said, you know, I just want to start off because I really like Sainsbury's because I do. I think the staff are amazing. And, um, but I said, I wonder if, I know you've got a new manager and he obviously has to make lots of decisions and I don't know the circumstances, but, you know, this guy, Mikey, who plays, I really think he's wonderful. He often, tells you things about the store actually which I think are really really good um, could you please reconsider you know if you've had a complaint here's the one that's not a complaint right could you please consider and if you want if he wants to speak to me ring me and everything else you know I'm available they change their mind you can have influence you know what I mean you can have influence for Mikey this was huge now the funny thing is I because I do a lot of traveling I was not able to convey that news to him because he wasn't there when I went back uh, for about a couple of weeks and interestingly enough, nobody else could obviously tell him. So he simply didn't know. But when I went back and told him, he was just like, wow. And I said, he just wants to meet with you and he'll just have a little chat with you, but then you can go back. And he did, and he's there to this day. And uh, it's really cool. And so I go and chat with him, you know, and um, I don't know if he knows I'm a Christian or not, um, but it was interesting. I, in fact, no, he must do. And so there was a, the, uh, one time there was somebody else there with him, you know, and we're chatting away and everything else. And it was quite funny because uh, I, I don't know why we were talking about trolleys, but we were. And uh, I can't remember how we got on the subject of cars, but we did. I think it was something to do with trolleys. But anyway, cut a long story short, this person was kind of interested in cars and, and, as well. And uh, we were chatting away, and it was quite funny. She had got a free trolley thing, you know, that, that from a, a, a car. And I can't say her car was a... I can't even remember what it was. Uh, maybe, maybe it was... Uh, 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 Voxel or something like that and she said that's oh, great it works and I said gee well I got one from Lexus it doesn't work you know what I mean it's ridiculous you know what I mean the Lexus one really should work shouldn't it but doesn't you know so we had a bit of a laugh and then we we kind of walked away together because we we're going the same way and then in my head came you should invite her for coffee now I need to put this in perspective because I was preparing surprise surprise for a trip to America the next day I was super busy I mean there was tons of things I needed to do the last thing I needed to do was take time out and have a coffee with somebody but I just feel like do we really believe that God is in charge of timing and interestingly enough this was the next day of course I missed the flight and ended up not getting there so it's quite a bit of irony there but I just thought, no. So I actually said to her, I said, look, this is going to sound unusual because British people don't do this, but then British people don't normally talk to each other like we're doing. I said, but if you've got time, and I really don't have time, but hey, I'm prepared to make time, uh, uh, why don't we go out for a cup of coffee? Oh, she said, that would be great. Let's do it. So we went to Costa Coffee, and I bought her a coffee. And I think it cost £2.50. I don't know. Maybe it's more than that. I'm not sure. No, I think it was about £2.50. And we chatted about life and everything else. And she turned out she just started out running. Now, I, I'm going to say she was in her 50s, this lady. And I said to her, good for you. Uh, and she said, but I'm, I'm a bit worried about my knees. And I said, don't be. And then I explained I was a Christian and explained how my knees had got healed and everything else. And we chatted away. And then I, she said, well, what are you doing in America? And I told her, you know, I'm going over there in business. But actually, as well, I'm doing this little trip where we're going to go out and pray for people. Right? You know what she said? This really surprised me. Give me your number. I want to hear about this when you come back. Wow. I've still to ring her actually, but isn't that amazing? Yeah? Isn't that amazing? She wanted to hear about it. Now, I was 
passing Sainsbury's the other day with Mikey and lo and behold, he said that she'd come back and talked about what I'd talked about. And isn't that interesting how we really can influence? There was no healing there particularly, except there kind of was. The healing was different. The healing was more emotional healing because in her mind, she had not many friends and I didn't know that and she had discovered more friends. She, the people did like her, like, even if it was just me. And that was big to her, and then she'd shared that with the, the, the guy Mikey, and I thought that was kind of cool. Um, our I Destiny course was in Spain, Fulanoga, I think that's probably the right pronunciation, right at the bottom of Spain. So I was ecstatic when I discovered we were going to Spain because I just thought that is brilliant. You know, it's January, and you know, even though Spain might not be wonderful in January, it's going to be a heck of a lot better than Manchester. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think they are, I'm sure. And we get there, and it only sometimes it rains uh, uh, in January, and here it wasn't raining most of the time. It was sunny, it was 21 degrees. It felt like being on holiday. It really did. And why not, you know? And so we were partnered with this incredible church, and um, they just had us doing all sorts of things. It was just amazing. Um, and one of the things they let us do was lead the service. So um, we, uh, you know, we got to worship together, preach it together. And, uh, and I was asked to lead the service. And so I remember speaking to the, the, the church person and said, no, because he, he'd said, well, we want to just start the service, explain who you are, and then we want to do this one thing. And I can't, remember, I can't remember what it was. And then we'll hand back to you. And I said, fine. I said, no, are you happy to give me complete control of the service? Is there anything you don't want me to do? Now, I think that's worth asking because at the end of the day, you know, we're there as their guests. And if they had turned around and said, well, whatever you do, don't do a call for healing or whatever, you know what I mean, then we need to respect that. But I wanted to see, you know, how much trust are you giving me here? Because I was a bit nervous because they'd obviously asked for the first bit of the service. And that was news to me. That only got told that on the day. Um, so I wanted to just check. But they were amazing. No, no, no. Have the whole thing. Ever you like. So I thought, okay, it's good. Risky, but good. And so we, you know, I was just trying to listen to God during the service because that's what the service leader should do, you know, listen to God. And so we are halfway through the worship. So Ben, I think it was, that was leading worship, was really in the zone. And I just felt God saying you to stop the worship and pray for the sick. Now, that's difficult to do because <laughs> that's not the norm, is it? I mean, we probably do this at Kingsway, but, you know, it's not the norm to do that. And so... Uh, it was hard getting Ben's attention because he was so lost in worship, you know, and I'm like, no, no, you need to stop, you need to stop, and kind of thing. And, uh, and I, you know, we went out and we said, hey, is anybody who needs prayer? And lots of people put their hands up, and we went out and prayed for the sick. Now, um, I'll come to one specific person we prayed to in a minute, but interesting enough, we reckon as a team that everybody we prayed for got healed. There was no exceptions. So that's encouraging, isn't it? You know, there was no exceptions. Now, some of it we're guessing at. So there was one person, I remember we prayed for her. She had uh, Parkinson's while she stopped shaking. But she never came back. So we could never determine whether. But I know when you've got Parkinson's, you kind of shake all the time. So the fact that she stopped shaking, I thought was quite good. So that was quite encouraging. Uh, there was one person came back. He'd asked for prayers for his legs. They got healed, but he complained that his back had not got healed. And we're like, did you ask for your back to get healed? No. But he was still upset that he has back on. We prayed for his back, and it did get healed at that point. But it was just quite funny. The guys were praying for this lady at the front, an elderly lady. 
and from memory, I think they were praying for her legs. And so uh, after a while, so I was at the front, back leading the service, they asked me to uh, if they could go back into the worship and could I continue to pray for her. So I thought, yeah. Well, as I walked towards her, I felt God say, she's got a problem with her eyes. Now, that was interesting because, of course, they'd been praying for her legs, right? Also, um, bear in mind it's Spain, so a lot of people are wearing sunglasses, right? So it's not ob there was nothing obvious particularly that she had a problem with her eyes. So I asked her, do you have a problem with your eyes? Well, she was blind, so that's a pretty big problem, I suppose. So I just said, oh, well, I'd rather think God's going to heal these. So I prayed, and she started rocking back and forward like no tomorrow, and I got a bit scared. I did. And uh, she was old. I thought she might break. But, um, you know, she <laughs> which is wrong, really. You know what I mean? And anyway, she was, she was really going for it. I thought, oh, my goodness. And so, uh, wrongly, really, I kind of backed off and kind of left her to it, you know, kind of thing, and carried on with the service. And, you know, I think as well, you know, obviously, I, you were learning at that point. I think I would have approached that a little bit differently today. But, you know, uh, be expectant. You know, if you get a word like that, oh, my goodness, you want to be super expectant. You know what I mean? And, you know, particularly as the Holy Spirit obviously came over in a big way and everything else. So... Um, the service has ended and this person comes up to me and says that Barbara wants to speak to me. Well, I don't know who Barbara is because we'd never got to know all the names of the people. Anyway, I go to the back and here it's this blind lady. And she tells me she's had a flash of vision. And I'm like, whoa, what do you mean? She said, well, I was at the loo and I saw uh, something in peripheral vision. I think it's the way she described it. I saw like a shadow or something. And I said, oh, do you get those all the time? No, I don't get these at all. So I'm like, wow, this is cool. And so obviously it's not perfect, but, you know, I'm excited. And so the team prayed for her again and nothing happened. No more happened at that point. Fast forward, I think two days later, we're in a prayer meeting. This lady uh, and another lady uh, who had had a stroke, so she's down on one side uh, uh, and they're there. And so I said to this lady who'd had a stroke, I said, uh, let's, let's pray for Barbara, right? So we pray for Barbara, and Barbara says, oh, you've got a red top on. I'm like, wow, you're seeing color now? Now, bear in mind before, she'd only seen like a shadow. Now she could actually see a color. I mean, this was just like, wow, you know what I mean? And, you know, again, it's not instant here, but we're having very gradual breakthroughs. Now, the interesting thing is we also prayed for this lady who had a stroke. Come back to her in a moment. So anyway, fast forward, I think, uh, two more days and she's starting to see stuff on the far wall, and her vision gradually came back. Wow. Now, we would love it instant, right? But sometimes it's just not, and I don't understand why. Now, here's the thing that will always stay with me if I'd continue to pray for her when she was rocking back and forward. Would it have been instant? Don't know, don't care. Right. Well, curious, but, you know, no problem. Um, the lady who was, uh, 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 you know, uh, crippled on one side because of a stroke, uh, that was kind of fun. So I think it was on the third, so that had been on the, sun, uh, the Tuesday. I think on the Thursday we were doing some other activity with the church. And I'm conscious of this woman waving at me. So, so I'm just waving back. No idea who you are. Uh, you know, because you have to understand this other lady had had a stick and, you know, she was... Anyway, she comes up to me and I'm like, you're the lady. I suddenly realized who this was and I'm like, my goodness, look at you. No stick, completely upright in the right place. And she's like, she's been healed. And she, I remember her saying to her, she said, now I want to cook you dinner. And I thought, this is just like the Bible list, you know? And so she cooked the whole team dinner. It was amazing. And uh, she was, I think, from Hungary. And she cooked, the, oh my goodness, could she cook? She cooked the ma most amazing food. It was so, so good. And uh, it's, it's great to give out. It's also great to receive. 
you know, and so for me it was just like, wow, to receive. Um, We had um, uh, Hendrik, who spoke very good French. He was uh, as Spanish. He probably spoke good French as well. But he uh, 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 he he spoke uh, uh, Spanish, and um, uh, that was useful. I mean, obviously, quite a lot of Spanish people do speak English, um, but just when we were doing sort of preaching and stuff like that, it was just really useful. And then there was another guy there. He was amazing. He could translate at the same speed that you could speak at. I have never seen anything like this. And we would try and speak really, really fast, and he would keep up. And I was saying to Hendrik, how accurate is he? And he's like, he's 100%. It's amazing. You know, I don't know how this guy did it. So it, for us, it was a bit easy, because we could have this guy, and he could just, you know, you could talk, and he would just be, uh, uh, you know, doing stuff. We did have a heckler, though, actually. We had this one guy come in uh, halfway through the preach. Somebody was doing some preaching, and this guy came in and he started heckling. So that was kind of interesting. <laughs> so it wasn't all plain sailing. Uh, 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 just kind of arguing with the preacher, and yeah, yeah, it was kind of interesting. Yeah. So we do need boldness, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, uh, okay, you know, we, Jesus on our side and everything else. Is it going to be easy? Well, he, he did get crucified, stoned, and various other things happened to Jesus. So, you know, be aware of the fact that not everybody will be delighted to see you. Uh, but remember the power and authority that you have, and, and, and Jesus will look after you. But you, you, you won't always get well received, you know what I mean? And, oh, yeah, shoes on, yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'll just leave you with one, one short clip, uh, video clip. Um, I was going for a run, and, and this is all about hearing God's voice as well. So I was going for a run, and uh, I live in a sort of big Victorian house, so I've got the front part of the house, and then there's a side door where all the other neighbours go in. And as I came level with the side door, uh, one of my neighbours uh, was there, and so I was chatting away to him, and I was conscious of the fact it's kind of typical Manchester day, it's starting to drip with rain, and I just felt God saying, why don't you invite him for a beer? And I'm thinking, great idea, wouldn't have to go running in the rain. So I said to him, I said, hey, you know, this is going to sound a bit random, but I'm looking for an excuse to get out of the run, so would you like to go for a beer? So he was like, ooh. So he then goes and asks his partner, and she says yes, and so great news, I go for a beer with this guy. And he really opened up, and one of the things he shared with me was that his wife was pregnant, but they hadn't really been telling anybody because she had such morning sickness that she'd been hospitalized with it, she was losing weight, and the baby was losing weight, so this is obviously not good. And, you know, he was obviously quite anxious. And so I explained to him that I could pray for the wife, uh, uh, actually I don't think they were married at that point, you know, uh, but I could pray for his partner. So anyway, um, cut a long story short, I just said to God, look, I'm not going to force this, but if there's an opportunity, I'll take it. Because she wasn't with us at this point, you see. And so a few days later, there she is, you know, and she's very obviously pregnant. And so I think I kind of joked with her and said, gee, that diet is just not working for you. Uh, and so anyway, we, you know, we, we had this sort of little rapport and stuff. And then I said, you know, I believe you've been a bit sick. And she said, oh, I've just... I just can't keep food down at all. I'm really anxious and everything else. And I said, well, you know, I'd, I'd love to pray for you. And it was interesting. She said, oh, yeah, Jamie said you might. You know, and I thought, fantastic. So I prayed for her. And uh, two days later, she got healed. And this is what she said, because I have her on tape uh, somewhere here. Uh, I think it's this one. 
um, something called hyperemesis gravidarum, which is <laughs> what to spell, you know, um, and it basically made me very poorly. I lost quite a lot of weight, um, made me very sick, and obviously I can use a weight wash pregnant isn't a good thing. So I spoke to you, I told you all these awful things that were happening. I'd had it for about 12 weeks, I spoke to you and you said a prayer for me and felt better. Within the week it wow. cleared up, wow. felt so much better. She was also the lady that was the advocate to the other, oh. Okay, and so she was also the lady that uh, uh, prayed for, uh, that was sort of like, take the prayer, take the prayer, it works, you know. Um, I just want to show you one more video uh, from her, um, just, a, just as a close, really. Um, <laughs> having just closed the thing, of course, can I get it back? Still, might pray. It felt really nice. It was nice to know that somebody was looking after me in that way because actually you don't get that these days. Don't be scared to pray for Joe Public. Yeah, I think we often get this uh, uh, thing in our heads that you know people will be very against what we're actually doing. And yes, you will get the odd person that says no. But don't be put off. A lot of people are. Oh, that's so nice. I mean, that was what Sophie's uh, uh, response to was, that's so nice. Why? Because you cared. You, you knew should care. And it just comes back to what I said before, you know, from a position of love, from a position of compassion, and a position of desiring things. Guys, you really can do this. You really can. So go for it. Thank you for listening to the Destiny podcast. For further information, check out www dot idestiny dot org dot uk